Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook hoarding, literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives, one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. On this podcast, we explore the power of leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing. We lean into our curiosity and creativity and embrace a spirit of lifelong learning to cultivate a life we love. Now grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm here with a quick introduction to today's episode. As you know, we are pretty bookish on this podcast. We love books, we love notebooks and all the things that we can do with them. We also love book and notebook adjacent things like book candles or baskets of pens and markers too, right? One thing that our bookish obsessions have in common though is paper. We might read the stories that are printed on it. We might write our own in our notebook, or maybe we're even getting creative with paper crafting or calligraphy. Paper is central to getting literate. That's why I'm so excited to introduce today's guest to you. Today, I am talking with Deborah Glantz of the Paper Assembly. She is this amazing paper artist making some pretty incredible creations that recently caught my eye and my literate heart. Today, she's talking all about her work, the pieces that she made that I made my own, and how you can get inspired too. And listen up. If you're like me, someone who is obsessed with notebooks, but can be hesitant to write into some of them because they are just so pretty and I don't want to ruin them, then this episode is for you. There is a mic drop moment that you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Get Literate podcast. I am excited today because I am here with Deborah. We've got a special guest as our featured guest on the episode today. So Deborah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, and thank you. I'm happy, happy to be here. One of the best things I've learned about having a, a podcast in the 30 or so episodes that I've been able to do is that the podcast gives you an excuse, a really great excuse, <laughs> to reach out to people that you would be fascinated to connect with. And this is a book about or a podcast about books and reading and writing and notebooks and learning and being creative. And so I've used the podcast to be able to reach out to you and talk about the really great things that you're making that I stumbled upon so happily um, and just chat with you today about what you do and of course what you've been reading and a couple of ways uh, that our community can get in touch with you as well. So to give listeners a bit of background, I was doing some holiday shopping online, as I'm sure many of us are doing lately, and I went to one of my go-to shops. Um, I love Uncommon Goods online because, well, there are uncommon things. There are things that are unique. 
they're different. I know if I get something there, it's not going to be a duplicate of something that someone has already received. And so I was scrolling and thinking that maybe I had seen most of what was on the site because I had been there so often. And lo and behold, I stumbled upon this beautiful book tree. And this repurposed book tree, it was this beautiful holiday-shaped tree made out of one of my favorite things, books and paper, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And of course, I instantly started Googling, who made this book tree? Where is this person? What else did they make? How did they get the idea for, for this? Um, and I found you, and you so graciously agreed to come onto the podcast and say hello to everyone. So for that, I am grateful. Well, hello to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you. I gave them a little bit of backstory. You make these beautiful book trees, but just give listeners the backstory. What, what do you, what do you do? How did you come up with this tree idea? And, you know, how do you get your, your inspiration for this great stuff? Well, um, there it's, it's a bit of a circuitous route to the trees, I, uh, my degree is in art with a concentration in textiles, but when my kids were small, I trained in bookbinding and I was a bookbinder for years um, and loved it, but got tired of people picking it up and going, oh, this is too nice to write in. So, <laughs> I totally yay. did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you make a living that way? You know, um, but um I designed a line of paper and I, I was taking books and scrapbooks and picture frames to a wholesale market and ended up sort of missing the studio. So I got back into the studio, but switched to making boxes. I'm getting there. Trust me. Oh, I love it. I love it all. I love the long way. Yeah. And so I do these sort of sculptural box forms. They're not, I mean, you say box and everybody thinks, you know, what your Amazon packages come in, but they're not like that at all. They're, they're decorative pieces. And one type of box that I make is made from an old, a, a book cover, an actual book cover. And I sort of deconstruct the book and reinforce the spine and build a box within it. Well, then I had all these blocks, book blocks of just the pages after you cut them out of the cover carefully cut them out of the cover. And I mean, I, I recycled them and I, it just didn't feel right. So I was getting ready for a holiday show and I thought, yeah, you know, let me see what I can, I can figure out here. And just started, you know, there were many iterations. First they had straight edges, then I deckled the edges. Uh, for, they had different bases and, and everything. And finally landed on sort of a formula that I liked with the, the deckled edges in a tapered form in a cork base on a wooden platform. Um, and that's mainly to give it weight so it doesn't topple over. But they, they've sort of taken on a life of their own. <laughs> and there are really no two the same. Some of them have a more rounded shape. Some of them have a traditional TP shape. Some of them have a, you know, much more of a curve up from the base to the top. 
So there's still room for individualization, even though it, the form, there is a formula to them, sort of. Sort of. So, anyway, that's, that's how I got to the trees. And I did not, I did not expect them to do that much. I thought, because really it's, it's a fairly simple idea, but it is well executed. And those, I should have known that because quite often those are the best things is, is, you know, keep it simple. Yes. So, yes. But anyway. I, I, I love though, how it wasn't, you know, sometimes the, the things that take off or the things uh -huh. that everybody loves or just make us happy are those little accidents. And it yes. sounds like the book tree wasn't planned to be a book tree, which no, I love. it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't, and I've made them from other papers other than books, and they just they just don't have the same. I don't know. They they're just not as approachable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have the same effect. Yeah. Um, there's just something about seeing them and seeing the pages, and if if you are a reader and a book yes. lover, you just connect so instantly to that you've got holiday reading and you can see the pages and on yeah. some of them you've got those little twinkle lights around them I know. <laughs> that one's my favorite because I oh, love good. by the Christmas lights and that yeah. one just yeah that one just stuck right out I loved it I did have a woman in Hawaii last year who bought 15 of them with lights for every member of her book club and I thought perfect <laughs> Wow. That, and very generous. Yes. So, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. That was sweet. Now all my Get Literate Book Club members are perking oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops. Oh, no. Right. Beyond the trees, because the trees are what initially caught my attention. Uh -huh. But, you know, once I went online and for those that are listening, um, it's the paper assembly which is yes. where, where you're found online and you can go down the rabbit hole of your Etsy store uh, like <laughs> I did. Um, but trees certainly aren't the only things that are there. And you mentioned those beautiful boxes. You're right, box just doesn't conjure the image no. <laughs> that they're going to see when they get on the Etsy page. But you also have those beautiful little libraries, those tiny books. And I loved the letterpress the the oh yeah oh those just had my attention as you know a book lover and a notebook lover it's just kind of swoon over those kinds of things so what what else is in your creative wheelhouse beyond these trees well there are things on the in the etsy shop i used to have two etsy shops but i combined them one was for supplies and one was for finished work but there is a lot of letterpress type and a lot more that's waiting to be listed mm. because I was buying large batches of type just to get a few pieces that I use on my own in my own work. So and I end up with this, I've got so much type. Um, so I started selling it in maybe unusual configurations because there are people who who just love the type, they love the history of it, they love the feel of it, they love the look of it. So I'll put together like a mixed font box with every letter of the alphabet, but all in different fonts. Yeah. And that's probably the best type selling. And also little boxes of dingbats, which are the little ornament, not letters or numbers. They're like 
little books or little people or oh you know, a dingbat there a is dingbat. a new word for us today. yes <laughs> i have lots of dingbats um you know a little fleur de lis all kinds of stuff anyway those those are very popular um you mentioned the little books and they haven't made it to the shop yet but this year i've started putting a, a very thin ribbon in to make them into ornaments oh boy Okay. I know. Game on there. Okay. Well, they've they've been selling too well in the local places. I need to get on top of that. And like I said, trees are kind of taking over at the moment. Right. So uh, next next year I'll have them in the shop. But um, and each one of the little books has a letterpress image on it that I stamp with a hot stamping machine and gold or silver foil. So that's kind of the history of the letterpress stuff that's in wow. my shop. There's a few other things, just, just things I've used that I'm getting rid of. Like I, for a long time, I collected vintage pocket watch faces to use on my, and I still use them on my boxes, but I had way too many. So I put some in there, that kind of stuff. But mostly it's the shop is there for my boxes. And sadly, right now it's it's looking pretty thin because it's been a pretty good sales up up till now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but uh, I do need to get some more stuff in there. So where do you get your inspiration to jump into these ideas? Because I, you know, as someone here who would love to be more creative, <laughs> to listen to you talk about these you know the many books and the libraries the letterpress the trees the boxes it's also inspiring and it's just making me wonder how do you how do you get those ideas where do they come from well a lot of times for me it's the paper i have cases yeah. and cases of paper and there will be a single paper that that sort of sets off the idea other times it might be it might be the end use, um, you know, I'll do jewelry boxes or I'll do um, something that to me has an end use in it. Sometimes it's, it's, oh, lately I found these wonderful metal claw feet to put on boxes and the sellers in Ukraine and, and for a while I couldn't get them, I was panicking. <laughs> so he told me as soon as he was back up and I, put in a big order and they've they've sort of spurred this whole run of gothic kind of boxes I mean they're like they're great they're fabulous I love that <laughs> and and um and and sometimes people um mm -hmm. if you're wanting to be creative I I strongly recommend you just sort of maybe do a little project or a paper project I did um, for, for example, um, Helen Hebert contacted me a couple years ago after she'd seen some little house boxes that I made, and her new book was about projects you could do with one sheet of paper. Mm. And so she said, can you, uh, can you design a house box on one sheet of paper? And I laughed and laughed and laughed. And then I couldn't sleep all night thinking about it. <laughs> and within about a week, uh, I, I had figured it out a lot, a lot of stops and starts, um, and she put it in the book and then she did a, she does these online tutorials. She did a final project and did a whole video of what people 
ended up with from this. It's a very simple little house wow. project, and it blew me away that people would take my you know, very simple little design and they were cutting windows and lighting it from within and making books come out of it and and boom yeah so I mean really start with something simple mm -hmm. and just kind of let your brain go yeah it's it's that easy yeah that does seem to be the magic everyone yeah. I ask that question to of you know what advice do you have for someone who wants to be more creative it's play just yeah. do something, just start small, figure out what, what that might be. Um, and that leads me actually to another little place on your website that I found, which is your tutorials. You, you oh, have printouts, yeah. the one that, you know, I'm going to go on record saying that my one little project that I do want to try after seeing it there was, um, those pocket folders. I'm probably oh, not using the right name. Yeah. They yeah. They're, I would and they're, love to do that. And they're great for writers. You can do like little poetry in each page or illustrated or yeah, no, that's a that's a great startup project. This time of year also the origami boxes kind of are very, a lot of people will try that. that. And that's that's also another good place to start making boxes. You right. know, that's what you Give want. Yeah, I appreciated how step-by-step -step your directions were too. <laughs> I printed them out and it is ready to go when I oh, I get that 20 seconds of courage to just stop playing and not worry what the first, first one might come out like. Oh, and don't worry about it. I mean, that's why paper is such a great medium. I keep, when I would teach, people would go, oh, I don't want to cut into this sheet. It's too beautiful. And I go, it's just paper there's always a more beautiful sheet in the next place you go. I travel with, with uh, tubes, cardboard tubes, because I know I'm gonna find paper. So, and paper isn't awesome. I mean, it's not like you're doing stained glass where if you break it, it's like, oh my God. Or jewelry where you can, you know, melt everything with a torch. It's just paper. Yeah. I, I love how you just said that because, you know, we do, I am the person, you know, I raised my hand, not that anybody could see it, but when you said, I'm afraid to write in that notebook because it's so pretty, you know, my hand was sneaking up there of, you know, yes, I've definitely done that. But to hear you say, you know, it's, there's going to be one better soon. Like you can't yep. get that next better one unless you actually use this one first. There's, there's right. nowhere to go. I love that. Especially and I wish I followed my own advice <laughs> because I, I, I don't always use it up before I buy the next one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. And you've also got, and I love the motto of, <laughs> of your store. And I, I think you just captured it, but you know, paper is impermanent and, and that lies beauty. You're right. You can't get it wrong. You just have to to jump in and make something. Well, and I probably stole that sentiment from the Japanese where they they make a lot of, you know, origami, of course, but they make a lot of things out of paper with the intent of almost destroying them so they can make more. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's just paper. <laughs> it's, I love, it's just paper, just paper. It's just gonna, paper. it's gonna make me attempt that, you know, paper a little, a little my bit. work here is done 
your work here is done. That's right. But not until you send me my, my oh. repurpose tree. Then your work <laughs> is done once, okay. once I get my repurpose tree. <laughs> oh, and here's a thought too. Instead of making your folder from um, like a new decorative paper, use book paper. Find oh. a great big book that, that you don't mind ripping up. Right. Um, and just start using that as your paper. I love that because as you know, you mentioned that the book folder was great for writers to start with. And that's, that's what I, that's what I love. I love writing and notebooking. What a perfect way, what a perfect way to do that. I love it. Good. You're going to, you're going to have to follow back up with me to hold me accountable <laughs> to, to some of this. Have a show and tell. <laughs> so you you do lots of beautiful things with paper, but what kind of paper do you like to read? What what books do you oh. read, or do you have a book that you'd recommend to us? Well, um, it depends. It depends on on what I'm doing as to what I'm reading. Um, right now, I'm reading The Old Drift um, by Namwali Sherpel, and I recently went to Zambia. My daughter and son-in-law live there. And so we went and I, I bought the book and I was going to read it before I went because I like to kind of know something. And my daughter said, no, wait till you've been here. It'll make more sense. And she's right. Um, but it's about the old drift is the camp or settlement that in the late 1800s that was at Victoria Falls in Zambia. And it's what that whole Livingston area grew into. And it's about the dam that was built that, by the way, is only producing at 4% right now because they're having 23 hour blackouts. Um, but, and it, and it, she's very factual in her details, even though it's historical fiction. So um, it's, a, it's a slow start, but now that I'm about a hundred pages in, I'm, I'm understanding it a little better. But while I'm traveling, I tend to, mm, literary junk food, make cozy mysteries, things that I can just sort of pick up and put down and, you know, sort of just, yeah, that's kind oh, of, yeah. that's my go-to. Oh, it's, it's my go-to also. If I could read, you know, my kind of literary junk food is anything set in a bakery or a bookshop or overseas, <laughs> like that's, that is my literary yeah. food. So I totally understand having just that genre. That's your go-to yes. that just makes you feel good. And so why, why not go there? But still makes you think a little bit, you know, like P.D. James, it's, it's it, technically a cozy mystery, but it's thoughtful, cozy mysteries. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, I like my literary junk food. <laughs> so. We all do. We all do. <laughs> There's a time and a place for, you know, for course meals and a time yes. and a place for the literary desserts. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so and I am so enjoyed chatting with you. You've definitely got, um, you've got my creative wheels thinking at least well, you know, of how much you must have a lot of fun. Because um, I can yeah. hear it in your voice of how much you love the the process of just finding the paper and then doing this this work. It just sounds so lovely. Right. I mean, it's it's um, it it is a job. It is my business, but it's a lifestyle. And 
um, you know, people say, when are you going to retire? And I'm kind of like, well, I kind of do what people retire to do. What am I going to do? Retire and become an accountant? I mean, you know, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of always been there. So, right. But, uh, you know, it, I, it just is, it, I'm a maker and I, there are makers, there are thinkers, there are doers, there are writers. I'm definitely the first part of my list is a maker and I have to make things and, and I'm a function freak. I have to make things that serve a purpose. So, yes. so um, that's what I do. I yeah, love it. it's, Thanks. I love it. And it's all beautiful. I, oh, I listeners can't see it. They're just hearing us talk <laughs> about it, but I know when they, when they find you, they're just going to have to stay and get comfortable and, and scroll through <laughs> a little while. So why don't, where, where can they find you so that they can see the book trees and the mini libraries and all the things? Right. Well, Uncommon Goods, of course, even though you say they're back ordered, I have a feeling they're in the pipeline and are going to pop up any minute. Wonderful. Um, and and they, when they first contacted me, I said no, but Nicole, the buyer, very gently and kindly brought me to yes. And they have been delightful to work with. I mean, ab- wow. Um, and then also on Etsy at the Paper Assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to my website and hit shop, it takes you to the Etsy shop because they have a, a better infrastructure for sales and shipping and all that. Yeah. Um, I'm locally here in Lake Oswego, Oregon. I'm at Rainspark Gallery, which is a pop-up that we do two months a year. Um, and then uh, my studio sale, which is coming up. So it's just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of, everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of galleries right now for a lot of reasons. Um, keeping up with the, what they, you know, the product that they need is difficult, but um, Etsy is a good, Etsy is a good stopping point for me right now. And uh, then just add these little shows whenever they happen. Yeah, those, I love the pop-ups. Yes. I always love visiting a good pop-up. So I'm glad that all of you makers create them. Well, they've got a great energy, you know, because you're only there for a short time. Everybody there is excited and keeps going and people keep saying, would you do this all year? And we kind of look at each other and go, no, because it wouldn't be the same. Right. So, yeah. Well, I am so grateful that you hopped on today to share share your work share these beautiful things and hopefully inspire a little creativity in in us listeners as well i hope so please visit the tutorial section i think there's something in there that would appeal to most people oh i agree i agree and for those of you that are in my Get Literate Patreon community, we can hold each other accountable. We can post <laughs> what we're working on and reach out to each other and take pictures of all of our, you Absolutely. know, messy first starts and see what we end up with as well. So thank you for putting well, thank the you. tutorials out there as well for people like me who want <laughs> to be a little bit more creative, but need need that little bit of, of hand-holding. You'll get there. <laughs> I know you will. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it, Deborah. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all of the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate Patreon community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get bonus episodes, book calendars, live book club and notebooking sessions, special events, and much, much more. You can find more about the Get Literate Patreon community at getliterate.co. And one more thing, if you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or just take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.